This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Letterboxd. This is Ben Sears at Ben Sears on Letterboxd. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic via genre trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at um, obsessiveviewer.com and more of our podcasts at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts. And uh, yeah, you can also support us on Patreon um, at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, where one, $1 per month gets you access to uh, exclusive B-roll episodes that I play a clip from at the end of every episode. And at $2 per month, you'll get that and TV review and reaction episodes. Currently, I'm doing weekly recap uh, reaction reviews of uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Those drop on Saturday after... Uh, each episode releases on Friday. And at the $5 level, you get all of that plus movie commentary tracks that I'm maybe going to try to do weekly. Um, I just recently did seven, the movie seven. Um, and then upcoming, I have In the Tall Grass and uh, Sunshine and Godzilla 1954. And finally, at the $10 per month level, you'll get all of that plus early access to podcast episodes and previously unreleased content. Um, again, that's at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. And uh, yeah, so I'm one of your hosts, Matt Hurt. And with me today, as usual, is Tiny and Ben. Also, I was reading. A, uh, yeah, anyway, um, with me today in studio is Tiny and Ben. Hey. Hi, guys. Hello there. Yes, this is the first time we've the three of us have been in the room together the room where it happens um <laughs> on the casting couch um, god damn it so Oof. um uh since oh i don't remember since what episode the before times yeah oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like right before uh lockdown yeah when, when you when times were precedented yes yeah it was yeah. when when we had that fateful announcement at the end of the episode that Tom <laughs> Hanks tested positive for COVID nineteen. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Never um, forget. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but the tide is turning. I think I have now been vaccinated, and uh, I talk about that on Patreon. Um, so check that out. patreoncom slash viewer. Um, so yeah, so today on the podcast, we're going to be reviewing a couple of movies. There's an indie film uh, that is currently available on VOD, I believe, uh, called Shiva Baby. Um, which we're going to do a review of that first, and then we're going to have our main event review of uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Um, so we've got a we've got a packed show today. And uh, first, before we get into it, I just want to ask, how are you guys doing? Wonderful. I'm good. You know, I uh, I forgot to mention this last time I was here, Matt. But with this mm-hmm. new uh, board, you're really uh, missing out on an opportunity to make this into a like a morning zoo type show. I you know, <laughs> oh, add oh. some fart noises. And... Uh, just wait until <laughs> I play the uh, the exclusive interview that I secured before our Godzilla versus Kong um, uh, review. Um, In the words of Tony Stark. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you put oh, that boy. idea in yes. his head? I, I immediately regret that. It's it's funny because the I was just skimming an email that the company that makes this uh, road, which we're we're a road podcast now, um, they uh, they just released new a new firmware update for a new beta version that I think they have. I looking at it, it had like a swear button i think for the sound pad so i could <laughs> hit a button and bleep out but i don't know anyway nice uh, that's not gonna 
freaking happen um <laughs> though so uh so yeah but i'm excited because this is the first time we've had three people on three mics in studio and everything and uh yeah, uh, I don't know how safe that is with COVID and everything because we are still in a pandemic. But I got my shot, so fuck it. Um, oh, the hell with us. I guess. Sounds like oh, the pandemic's know. over. Yeah, it is. It is. It is over. <laughs> Let's rejoice and just go and like make out with everyone we can inside. Um, yeah, inside. Yes, inside. With, uh, <laughs> yeah. No masks. No social distancing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um. So yeah. Uh. We do. Uh, anything else? Like what? What? Uh, how? What's new with you guys? Uh, not much, really. Okay. Yeah, nothing in your report. Nice, yeah. nice. Tiny got towed from my apartment complex last time he was here. I so did. I mean, yeah. I I am an outlaw, so yeah, he, he is. He <laughs> you, is. You fuck around you had with it the coming. law, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the life I lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's you are a rebel. <laughs> um, it's the deep state trying to come after you, <laughs> right? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. but we do have some news to go over before we get into our reviews and everything. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, the news about Knives Out. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah, Netflix has bought the rights to distribute not one, but two Knives Out sequels, um, directed yeah. and starring, no, directed by Ryan Johnson and starring <laughs> Daniel Craig. Right. Uh, how do you guys feel about this? They cut a massive check. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. $150 million. Yeah, I mean, if you oh, cut it evenly, it's the most that they've ever paid yeah. per movie, right? Um, and the the previous record I read this was one that hasn't come out yet, and it's directed mm-hmm. by the Russo brothers. That stars oh, uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. Oh, um, okay. Hmm. So there was another one that. What was the other one that the article I read? There was. A movie they paid like over a hundred million for. Jeez, mm-hmm. crap! What was it? the Irishman was one was another one they paid like eighty million for. Mm-hmm. Or something Probably, like that. yeah. And it's so remember. nice that yeah. they're like they 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 did that to give that young filmmaker um kind of a, <laughs> a good start in the business, right? Um, but no, I think it's. I mean, I think it's encouraging, and it's. I, I'm all in all in favor of you know streaming services making mm-hmm. their own content and making some of the best content that's out there. And uh, these guys putting up that much money, I think, is encouraging. Yeah. Um, Especially since they're getting so much competition now from everybody. Hulu, HBO Max, Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. Apple TV, everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this, it's the market that they live in for that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I would assume that it will be in theaters. And, I mean, now that I'm vaccinated, when things start getting back to normal, by the time those get out, I am going to see them in the theater. That is my <laughs> pledge right now. Yep. Um, yeah, probably. It, I don't well, know. so the, I know at least one of the sequels had already been planned yeah. or announced. I believe Ryan Johnson is still writing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just wasn't sure if they, like, if he had already planned a third one or if it was just part of the deal mm. or, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think but it's said in like an interview or something that like he like he I think he's he's intimated that he wants to spend a lot of time with the, mm-hmm. the that universe and that character, hmm. which more power to him. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. And me too. It's it's so good. Um, yeah, it is yeah. kind of interesting be, just because like I, I looked up the numbers uh, after it was announced and 
the budget for the first one was only forty million, oh, but it yeah. made at the worldwide box office over three hundred million. That's awesome. So, I mean, I don't know if this is if this would make financial sense for him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now that people yeah. are excited for a first sequel, anyway. Um, if he could have made more money at the traditional box office, or mm-hmm. but. And that's also interesting too, because one of the one of the like big things that I personally celebrated about Knives Out um, was the fact that it was a huge hit and it was an original property mm-hmm. and everything. And now it is getting the franchise treatment. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I guess that's just the business of of the business that they call show. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, more power. Like I said, more power to him. I, I think Ryan John Ryan Johnson is a very talented filmmaker. He made the one good Star Wars movie, and you know I think that he's really he's really talented. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited for the for that. Yeah, I can't speak to the finances of it. I guess mm-hmm. as far as making more in the traditional theatrical release, I don't know. That's a good question because it's probably not going to have. There's probably so much finance financial stuff behind the scenes that we don't mm-hmm. see and aren't experiencing because like. Like just advertising, thinking about that, yeah, probably gonna be a lot less advertising, right? Plus, so, I mean, true. who knows what the state of movie theaters will be like whenever these come out? Right. So, right, I read somewhere that they're gonna start filming in June. So, oh, oh wow, nice, oh yeah. that's awesome. So maybe by the time it comes out, things mm-hmm. will be yeah. Normal, I'm quote, I'm sure they they didn't just buy these just sight unseen. Like I'm sure right. they right. at least saw part of the script. So yeah, yeah. um. Uh, what I'm curious about is like I I don't know how much oversight Netflix does with like casting. That's a good point. But I mean mm-hmm. one of the best parts about the first one was the cast oh, and yeah. just how right. maybe this is just me but one of the bugaboos that I have about Netflix movies is how kind of contained all of their casts seem to be. You know, like it it seems like uh, not not necessarily like with like Mank or The Irishman or some of the you know the big bigger auteur kind of movies, yeah. but like um, some of the smaller ones, it feels like they're po- just populated with stars of their like TV shows and other smaller uh, movies. Yeah. You know, like they have their own little like play. Um cast of players for it yeah 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 kind that's of. fine i don't know that's uh, probably just me but yeah i i don't necessarily mind that because i think that other studios do that too um yeah. and filmmakers also um right i think that the expectation for knives out too, whatever it's going to be called um is that it will need to have a very like that kind of same kind of powerhouse ensemble i think yeah. um and that'll be tricky um there were some fans saying that they should just get the same cast back but have them play completely different characters like they're a theater, <laughs> like a theater troupe or something. That would yeah. be that That'd would be, be pretty awesome. I'd be on board for that. Yeah. A, a fun kind of meta thing to do, I think. But yeah. It's probably not going to happen. No. But that would that would be awesome. Yeah. Um well they definitely couldn't get Christopher Plummer back. Um yeah, <laughs> cuz he died. Um a little bit. And also rest in peace to Christopher Plummer, a uh, very talented man. <laughs> yeah. Um was that his last yeah. movie? Um, no, I don't think so. It might have been his last, like, major movie, major, yeah. major role. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. If only there was a device in our hands where we could look right. that up. Yeah. If only, and if only, you know, 
if only like one of us was looking it up and then the others could kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, take up like, like kind of vamp for me. <laughs> I, yeah, totally. I am kind of bummed though. Cause like knives out was such a, uh, at least for me, such a unique and fun theater experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, he appeared in 2019. He also appeared in 2019's The Last Full Measure, and he was also in 2019 to 2021's Departure TV show, I guess. Hmm. Um, and then he also has coming out in 2021 a voice acting role in Heroes of the Golden Masks, which I don't know anything okay. about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the final acting role of Christopher Plummer. Hmm. Yep. So. All right. Anyways. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking anyway. forward to the movies, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Yeah. Um, any other news that we want to discuss? I know. No? I don't think so. Nothing Time. comes to mind, no. Okay. All right. Well, um, just for a COVID check-in, like I said, I got vaccinated. Not No big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm a hero. But um, <laughs> you guys are getting vaccinated uh, here soon. Um are you guys are you guys making your plans to return to the movie theater? Like I know Fekus has already gone back to the movie theater because he got the shot and everything. And then Mike messaged us today, and I think maybe he's right now at Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. So have you guys given any thought to returning to the movie theater? Um, I will have to look closer at the release calendar because I know the next kind of big release is uh mortal Kombat. oh yeah which i am i i saw the trailer for the first time this morning and <laughs> i am morbidly curious to see it yeah because uh, it just looks like stupid fun it it does totally. and i mean if that's the first movie that i see back in the theater then uh it, i'm sure it'll be five stars you know <laughs> right Tiny, how about you? I haven't really given any thought to it either. Okay. I, I don't know. I'll have to probably do the same thing Ben's talking about and just see what's coming out. And mm-hmm. The see. next one that I know for sure I will definitely be at is Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, yes. Which yes. comes out Memorial Day weekend. That's so. right. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, me too. That is a theater viewing no matter what. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and by then I'll, yeah. I'll have had it for over a month, so I'll feel safer. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, we will report back on that um, at a later date. But um, so the way we're going to structure this episode is we're going to do, obviously, two reviews, Shiva Baby and Godzilla vs. Kong. First, we're going to do a non-spoiler review of Shiva Baby. And uh, yeah, so are you guys ready for this? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, only play... one of these movies has giant monsters fighting each other. Right. See if you can figure out which one it is. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play a clip from the trailer for Shiva Baby, and then we will go into our review of the movie. Were you wearing um, tights before? No. You were flirting with everyone. You were chugging wine. You were sitting on a table. What is this? A party? Oh my god. I thought you'd be swatting the boys away like flies. Got a vibrator. I've got a relationship. Where were you? I was looking all over. We were helping Mrs. Bronstein to her car, Mom. Why? Because you're supposed to help fucking old people. I don't know. (laughs) Just try to behave yourself today. I'm not gonna blow him in the bathroom. We are at a Sheva. That's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna do it. 
So Shiva Babies, uh, 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 it's available to stream on on VOD. Uh, Right now, it is the plot summary, courtesy of IMDb, is at a Jewish funeral service with her parents, a college student runs into her sugar daddy. Uh, This movie is written and directed by Emma Seligman. Uh, it is an adaptation of her short film of the same name. Uh, it's a feature-length ab- adaptation, obviously. It stars Rachel Sanat as Danielle, Molly Gordon as Maya, uh, Polly Draper as Debbie, and a full other cast of characters. So, like I said, Shiva Baby is available to uh, to rent and buy, I think, on uh, VOD. So, guys, we're going to do, uh, like I said, non-spoiler review. Um Kind of in broad terms, what did you guys think of Shiva Baby? And did you also think that it was called Shiva Baby at first? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't think that. Have you had you never okay. heard of Shiva before? I I had, and I didn't even think because um, oh, what is that movie with Adam Driver and Tina Fey that no one liked but I I enjoyed? Tina Fey. Hmm. Um, Adam Driver and Tina Fey. Yeah, it's got like an ensemble cast. Oh, where they're like all in the, fa- the family. Yeah, I keep wanting to say I think you should leave, but that is oh. a di- that is a show on Netflix <laughs> that I love dearly. Like Jason Bateman and Jane Fonda. Yeah. What was that movie? I like that movie. Um, yeah, because uh, Adam Driver's dating a woman who's a lot older than him. Something like that. I remember latching on to it because the. Uh, uh, relationship between him and Tina. F- I, uh, this is where I leave you is what it was called. This is where I leave you. Um, I, I thought that his relationship with Tina Fey as like an older, older sibling kind of maternal kind of relationship uh, was really charming. But this isn't about that. That's just where I first learned uh, what Shiva was. Gotcha. Um, and also the episode of um, uh, the episode of The Simpsons where Krusty fakes his death, and Troy McClure is at the funeral service, and he says, uh, "I don't have it. I don't have it on the board." But I, he says, "Like, uh, and we're we're going to be sitting, sitting Shiva at the Friars Club or whatever from four to six, and then again at eight to ten or uh, something." And then he says, um, uh, "Keep the kids home for the eight to ten one because it gets a little blue." Um, I don't know. <laughs> nice. I, I love Phil Harmon, but anyway, yeah. uh, so. <laughs> Guys, what did you think of Shiva Baby? Uh, well, I think it's a really cool idea for a movie, and um, I th- I think it was uh, it was acted incredibly well. I thought all the actors were great. Um, again, it's a good idea. Um, I think the execution was off a little bit on it. Um, I think okay. I think tonally it struggled a little bit to to kind of find its way. Um, at least that's how I felt about it. But um, I think the performances really shined, and that's what really carried it mm-hmm. across into into a really good movie. There's some fun kind of themes that are played with as well. Um, but yeah, it was it's it was an interesting movie. Yeah, nice. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. I had uh, a good time with it. I agree. There are some really good, really fun performances from. Uh, actors that I was not familiar with, but I am excited to see more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really interesting, really confident uh, directorial debut. Um, and yeah, just a really simple story that's played out very organically and very uh, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are some heightened moments, which... Yeah, I, I agree. Don't don't totally work, um, but I I like the way that they were handled overall. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a like you said. It's it's a very it's a it's a strong directorial debut. Um, for sure. Um, it does kind of lose a little bit of uh, momentum kind of partway through it. But I did I did really like the way that it demonstrates the cringe factor of it because um, it's this kind of escalating thing. A lot of people I've seen online um, kind of uh, ha- compared it to like a uh, like a, uh, a bisexual version of uh, uh, Uncut Gems. <laughs> which, <laughs> wow. Which I think oh. is is interesting is an interesting comparison. But I will say that. Uh, the characters in Shiva Baby are are much more likable and everything. <laughs> right. Like I loved Uncut Gems, but this was a this was a more kind of nuanced kind of character piece about a girl who is kind of at you know a crossroads in her life, and she runs into someone in her life uh, that she has a, a very unique relationship with um, at a place that isn't uh, <laughs> that is not very appropriate for that uh, relationship. <laughs> Um, but the way that it unfolds and the way that it, she kind of learns more about this like person and the things that he learns about her, uh, it was a really interesting kind of, um, evolution of the story, I guess would be the word I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but I liked it and the performances were, were really good. They yeah. really shined. I think one of the funniest things about it is that, <laughs> and I, I've never been to a Shiva before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, me neither. But I, I think it's like, it's, it's like a 24 hour period. So it's like, technically anyone can show up like in a 20, I don't know if that's correct, but I think it's like a whole day. Like I it's, think so. I, I don't know. It's like, a, it's like a whole, it's like a day long wake basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is like, it's taking place at a, at a Shiva and like, I, I still don't like, we never like find out the name of the person who died and like yeah. no one ever <laughs> talks about her except for like 10 seconds during yeah. the movie. Yeah. Like that, that situationally, that's really funny. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was actually a really clever thing to maintain throughout an entire like 87 minute movie or however long this is. Yeah. It's really the, funny. And the way that it kind of comes out, like when, when she, she, asks her mother i think twice in the movie like wait 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 who died who was it right. <laughs> who is it and it's just that kind of it's not like a uh, it's not like a mean-spirited comedy or anything like that it's just mm-hmm. this uh kind of interesting thing and also i really like the way that it kind of just i don't know how this is gonna sound or i don't know what i don't know if this is like a point that you guys um notice but i like that it just it lives in this kind of like jewish culture like it doesn't like yeah. explain to mm-hmm. us that like oh this is what a shiva is and everything which i think is what i think you uh, uh what uh i leave you with this or whatever that movie was <laughs> i think they explicitly explain exactly what it is um i leave you here now or whatever it was god i can't <laughs> this is where i leave you this is Yes, this is where I live. Yeah. yeah. Watch I Think You Should Leave on Netflix, though. It's fucking hilarious. Sketch comedy. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I do like the way that it just feels just organic and, and lived in in this kind of culture. Right. Um, and the themes it plays with, with kind of this uh, tense kind of uh, like, I feel like it's maybe somewhat universal to an extent, like this idea of like rel- like older relatives. Um not not necessarily trying to dictate what you do with your life, but having these expectations and bombarding you with these with these thoughts and expectations about your life and everything while uh, completely unprompted. <laughs> so I think that that's that's a really unique and, and cool way to uh, kind of demonstrate that it's a kind of universal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like you, no matter where you are in life, 
at that age, uh, you feel like you're a failure whenever you like, uh, whenever you talk out loud about like what you're doing or where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when like everyone does, when you have sex for money, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I, I related of, to that very well. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. Patreon.com right. slash obsessive viewer. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, what did, what did you guys think of the kind of the, uh, the performances of uh, the the characters, um, <laughs> and particularly like the chemistry chemistry between Danielle and Maya, I, I would say. Right, I think um, Rachel Sanat, or I don't know if that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. She stood out to me because um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think she really walked the tightrope with her performance. She was mm-hmm. very very good with her body language. Mm-hmm. She was really good at showing how like rattled and uncomfortable she was. Yeah. Um, and then she would go to a different scene or she would be alone or someone she's more comfortable with. And she could be very confident and like just really work this roller coaster of emotions and um, feelings and reactions. Um, I thought she did a great job with it. Um, and then the two parents played by Polly Draper and uh, Fred Melamed yeah. were just mm-hmm. so stereotypical (laughs) but like in in such a great way like they were stereotypes without being egregious or Mm -hmm. annoying i guess like it was Mm -hmm. totally appropriate for the setting and uh really really uh funny i mean they they both did a great job yeah i really liked polly draper in particular she she had Mm -hmm. some really funny moments and reactions she had i I wrote down one line she had she says like um she says, you look like Gwyneth Paltrow on food stamps and not in a good way. <laughs> Which. Oh, yeah. She just, the the way that she delivers that line mm. is, is uh, I, I really enjoyed that. And the, the biting dialogue is really, really strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to, to go along with like what Tiny was saying, like, yeah, Rachel Sinat's, uh just line deliveries are just top-notch just all around like she she can be really uh kind of indignant one moment and then um just really sincere the next and you you really see like the fear she has on her on her face in one scene and then like the just total like standoffishness almost or confidence uh, just whatever the scene calls for she she just nails it yeah, and she, like Tiny said, she kind of wrote, uh, walks this kind of tightrope also because, I mean, it's a character that she, it's it's written particularly well because she has this kind of nuance to her in terms of like kind of navigating this this precarious situation she finds herself in and also internalizing and like registering like the like a mountain of information she did not have <laughs> that is coming uh, at her and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really good, really good performance. Yeah. Yeah. One thing uh, that kind of jumped out at me or actually didn't jump out at me. I think, I feel like we needed more of an, an introduction in the movie because it opens and she's having sex with this guy mm-hmm. and then he gives her money and stuff like that. But I, I guess I just didn't, I didn't realize that he was like her sugar daddy. Yeah, necessarily. Like I thought yeah. they were just boyfriend girlfriend or just hooking up. Basically, yeah. I wasn't really sure. Um, it that could have been a little clearer, and I think that sort of threw it off. But after a while, I kind of picked up on it, and I think I may have hopped over to IMDb and said saw the the 
synopsis and it said sugar daddy i was like oh well that makes more sense now Mm -hmm. and it's it kind of weighted it more and made it more uh interesting but uh i think that was that opening scene was just a little sloppy um and could have had some better structure to it yeah you don't totally like you get that they're like once he's once she sees him at the Shiva, you kind of get that their relationship is really like under the table. Um, yeah. But you don't really get spelled out that they're kind of in like a sugar daddy, sugar baby mm-hmm. kind of relationship until kind of late in the movie. Mm-hmm. Whenever that scene is with her cell phone and yeah. uh, in the bathroom. Right. But, right. Yeah. You, you, yeah, I, I agree. It, it was a little confusing early on. Like, you don't really know if it's genuine, what, what kind of, like, what they're talking about or how that works. Yeah. And it, it's kind of presented in a, in a unique way. Cause it, cause in the plot synopsis, obviously, it says he's her sugar daddy and everything. And he gives her, um, a piece of jewelry and everything. But mm-hmm. it, in the conversations I think that she has in at the Shiva, it kind of seems to be presented as more that she's having sex for money to, to earn a living and everything. And it's, there's a little bit of a disconnect with me in terms of like, is she also getting like money on top of the, the gifts and everything? Um, and how can I get on on that again? Patreon.com slash obsessive viewer, <laughs> please. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, uh, that, that was a slight blemish for me, but, and also the way that the bracelet kind of comes, comes into play in the movie, we'll keep it spoiler free, but mm-hmm. the way it comes into play, seems a little bit, um, a little bit, maybe, maybe not circumstantial, but it kind of seems a little bit, uh, it didn't, it didn't really work for me that well. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it was okay. It was kind of obvious, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Did you... I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this or if I'm... If it was intended, but the title is Shiva Baby. Is is there some parallel to draw with the fact that there was a baby at the Shiva hmm. and she's also acting childish? Or is someone saying like yeah shiva baby like i don't i don't <laughs> i'm not sure what it's just weird like i it's interesting cuz yeah there's an actual baby at the shiva mm-hmm. and that's strange which is pointed out in the movie but I, I don't know. I don't know if there's some metaphor they're, that they're going for. I think my my read of it is that it's maybe a double meaning, like a play on the word, uh, on the term sugar baby. Um, mm, okay. Because from what I understand, um, it, that's what like uh, the recipient of the gifts gifts in a sugar daddy relationship is referred to as a sugar baby. Yeah, that's true. Um, that was my thought as yeah. well. And okay. then I didn't even pick up on it being a double meaning until you said that about like, oh, there's a baby at the Shiva. So mm. it kind of works on two levels there. And it's very, dis- the baby's very disruptive through throughout mm-hmm. the Shiva and that's yeah. why you don't bring one to right. a Shiva. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she and her problem are also being very disruptive throughout mm-hmm. the whole Shiva. So I don't know if there's yeah. a parallel there that I was kind of forcing into it or what. But, right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I hadn't made the Shiva, Shiva baby sugar baby connection mm-hmm. until just now, which mm-hmm. is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, any other real any any other thoughts on it? Have we talked it out? And anything else you guys want to discuss about Shiva Baby? Um, I just really liked um, kind of to go along with like what you were saying, Tiny, with the tone. I liked the way that it was shot, and like certain scenes, uh, it's almost like a horror movie. Like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know the 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 trailer that you played 
it almost kind of sounds like a horror movie, you know, it, with the, the plucky string yeah. kind of score. It, it reminds me like of the score in Us. Uh-huh. Um, like here, I'll play it again because I can. <laughs> that. What are you wearing? That just it really feels like that kind of, uh, you know, horrific kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. Plus, like there were there were a handful of scenes where she's like trapped in this conversation with either like her parents or mm-hmm. the sugar daddy or his wife or whatever and um she just like she can't escape them and the way that it's edited like they they the camera goes in closer on their faces at yeah. the, as the, the scene progressive kind of thing yeah yeah and uh just i i really enjoyed the way that it was kind of cut together and pieced together like that and plus to help it feel more like a horror movie. Like she's stuck at this place yeah. and can't leave without her parents. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know. It, it just helped, uh, add to that kind of inescapable nature of this awkwardness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it did have a very intimate filming style, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is another issue with the opening <laughs> is that oh, it yeah. didn't have that. It was very, it was like shot from a distance, like from across the room, mm-hmm. which was kind of strange. Um, maybe that could be kind of intentional. Like maybe. if it's like the lack of intimacy of them having an intimate act, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. or maybe just to, to dodge the censors and, you know, oh, right. <laughs> that's, that's true as well. Yeah. But yeah. The rest of the movie was very up close and mm-hmm. intimate is, is the best word I can, I can think of, yeah. for it, uh, which I, I really appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. I also got a kick out of, um, the dad with the van. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was, it's, it was just so funny cause he was such, he's being such a dad in that moment mm-hmm. because he was like oddly proud of this shitty old like Chevy Astro van that they yeah. had. Right. <laughs> and it was full of crap and he was like so eager to give people a ride. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was uh, calling attention to or, or playing on a Jewish stereotype. I, that I, I don't know, know about or something like that. I don't care. Cause I thought it was really funny and mm-hmm. I loved mm-hmm. that part. It was, it was just such a such a dad thing to do right um and and, and just all how how unaware the dad was throughout like the mom kind of figures it out mm-hmm. yeah. but the dad is just completely oblivious the whole movie <laughs> right. and just he's just trying his best to just be uh, overly nice and yeah. hospitable exactly yeah and kind of a maybe final thing uh Molly Gordon I think did a great job as Maya mm-hmm. um yeah and like she was in like Booksmart and uh, Good Boys, um, so she's she's kind of on the rise, and I I liked her performance here. It's kind of the um, the romantic interest of Danielle and romantic history of Danielle as well. And kind mm-hmm. of a rival too. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Contemporary rival. Yeah. 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 All right. Any other thoughts on Shiva Baby? I think. Just one of the things that I I feel like kind of held it back, and one of the strengths for sure is just it's it's only like seventy seven minutes, so oh, it's yeah. not like I, I feel like uh, it could have been too long and too drawn out. But I feel like some of the plot developments were kind of almost adding drama to be to add drama, like. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of to pad the runtime, maybe. Yeah, that and just to to kind of underline how awkward and uh, how cringy this this experience is. I don't know. Like, um, 
there's a scene where uh uh Rachel Sinat goes into the bathroom and like takes those selfies mm-hmm. and I I didn't totally understand her motivation for doing that, you know. Yeah, it seemed it yeah, it didn't really connect with me that that mm-hmm. well. Um yeah, it was yeah. a very rash thing to do and mm-hmm. I I didn't fully get it either. I thought it was interesting though. Like well, I mean, obviously there's boobs, but <laughs> no, but not because of that. Like it was just interesting. Like it was just a total it was almost like she was staking a claim on him or something like that. Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I don't know what she was going for, but I was it was interesting and just like kind of fascinating train wreck to watch. Right. So I, she, I didn't have a problem with it for that reason. She kind of mm-hmm. ping pongs back and forth between being afraid of anybody finding out about her and this guy and uh, not giving a shit about if anybody finds out. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of like, I guess that kind of speaks to her kind of overall immaturity but I don't know. Hmm. Right. And also there's the whole dynamic where they're kind of lying to each other and she's like mm-hmm. so upset and I think hurt when she finds out all this stuff about this guy mm-hmm. yeah. that she didn't know. But on the other hand, it's like she was keeping a bunch of things from him too. Yeah. And and also like that's kind of the nature of a sugar baby sugar daddy relationship mm-hmm. is like you don't have to have all those details it's just right right it's sex and money that's it yeah. and it's it's it was just interesting that she had all these reactions mm-hmm. and really she's kind of just as guilty as he is really mm-hmm. right um in in that regard so you are both married but have you guys ever had a sugar baby sugar daddy relationship <laughs> <laughs> or sugar mommy relationship for that matter to be all inclusive yeah no no comment um, <laughs> no comment okay <laughs> patreon.com slash obsessive <laughs> yes <laughs> no i have no money and mm-hmm. also like i love my wife and stuff i mean i that's, mean before, that's the first thing you know yeah <laughs> oh before uh, <laughs> the money no. oh uh, i also i love my wife guys <laughs> <laughs> Um, um yeah it's funny i i uh briefly very like i went like when i say briefly dated i mean i went on like two dates with this girl um who kept she kept like postponing the date and everything and then um uh, we didn't it, we, we didn't hit it off or anything when we finally got we got hot chocolate at panera bread mm-hmm. um but we didn't hit it off or anything and you know it fizzled and all that so it wasn't anything but then I like years later, I like saw her name in my contacts or, or like she came up on like people you may know. And I was like, I don't know who this person is. And then I Googled the, the name and <laughs> like she was very prolific on sugar baby message boards, wow, like looking no. for a sugar daddy relationship, which, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to kink shame or anything, but I'm like, that's all the better that it didn't work out because I am shitty with my money <laughs> and I would not have been able to provide uh, that type of relationship. Right. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, Shiva Baby is currently available on VOD. Is there anything else we want to say, or should we get into our um, the rest of the episode? I think no. Move on. Okay. No, I'm I'm just excited for uh, what director Emma Seligman, Emma Seligman does yeah. next. And Me too. Uh, same with you know Rachel Sinat and uh, everyone involved. Same here. And you can rent, uh, you can rent Shiva baby on Amazon, Google play, uh, 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 YouTube, um, iTunes, uh, iTunes, uh, voodoo, Fandango, um, all this. And you can also buy it on those platforms as well. Actually, I don't think it's available on iTunes. Is it? Oh, I don't know. Nope. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's Shiva baby. And, uh, yeah, now we're going to get into our main event review of Godzilla, 
versus Kong and first um I do so in so what we usually do is we do like we play a clip from the trailer to bring us into the review and we're going to be doing a non-spoiler review and spoiler review for Godzilla versus Kong but in lieu of playing a clip from the trailer I did I was able to sec- secure a uh, an interview um, about the film. So I'm just going to play that. It'll be the next five minutes or so. Oh, um, so here is my exclusive interview um, regarding Godzilla versus Kong. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with a special pre-review interview um, for Godzilla versus Kong. And uh, let's just go right into it. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for the audience here? Hi, my name is... Hi, Slim. Thank you so much for joining us here for the special, you know, before interview, uh, pre-interview to the to the big fight of Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I'm honored to have you on here and everything. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? No, 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 no. Please, please stay seated. I just want this to be just a a really laid back, um, uh, kind of just just natural interview. But thank you, thank you. I I appreciate it. So we are about to review and we're about to go into the kind of big fight between Godzilla and Kong. And I just want to know, first of all, what uh, what advice do you have for uh, these two titans as they're about to go in, go into battle against each other? Just what advice do you have? Look, if you have one shot, one opportunity, sees everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture? Just let it slip. Well, I mean, that's that's a really uh, thought-provoking question, and I I'm I appreciate you raising it here. Um, I would probably take it, um, and I hope that Godzilla and Kong both <sighs> can kind of figure out a way to uh, um, to kind of seize that moment, um, as you said. Um, <laughs> but individually, how do you think? How do you feel about both of these um, individuals? Let's start with Kong. How do you feel about Kong going into this big battle between them? Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms, but he keeps on forgetting. Well, I call it fur, not a sweater, but uh, th- that's fine. I, uh, you know, he does, he does look calm and ready and everything. Um, yeah, and and there is an issue, I guess, with with his memory, like you said, and I don't know how that's gonna come come into effect with his um. In, in this fight and everything. How about Godzilla? How do you feel about Godzilla? It don't matter, he's dope. He knows that, but he's pro. He's so sad that he knows when he goes back to this mobile home, that's when it's back to the lab again, yo. You know, you're absolutely right. There's not a lot of income for a kaiju, especially when, <laughs> you know, so much of his earning potential is kind of taken into, um... You know, I'm sure it's taken into funds to help redevelop the the cities that he kind of destroys and everything. He is the king of the monsters, but I mean, it is it is hard to it is hard to kind of quantify how much money he can earn and everything. Um, I don't know where you got the whole mobile home thing, but uh, let's just move past that. And so, so we've gone through both of these, both of these fighters and everything. And your thoughts on them? What, what advice do you have for them going in, both together? Like, well, like, what if you could give one piece of advice to um, both of these monsters? What, what would your advice be to them going into this fight? We still have two minutes of this. Oh my god! Uh, I'm gonna have to go home. <laughs> 
You know, you're absolutely right. It is, uh, it is, it is a big opportunity for them. I, I do have to say, though, not to not to correct you, but Godzilla did fight Kong in a uh, a movie back in ooh the the fifties or sixties, I think. So, I mean, just uh, just to um, not to correct you there, but yeah, it's King Kong versus Godzilla was in 1963. So, so it has happened uh, in this lifetime for for people. Um, again, not to not to um, correct you there or anything, but I do want to say that yeah, the music is a big part of it. I mean, the score on this uh, movie is, I mean, it's it's gonna the score of the movie is Junkie XL, who is having a moment, as they say. Um, yeah, so so yeah. But the real question is what if they weren't fighting on Earth? What if they were fighting on a different place like I don't know, like Krypton? Like what would you think of that? No Asgard, Asgard, so you be Thor, I'll be Odin. Okay, let's 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 <laughs> slow down here. I want to be Odin. You always get to be Thor. I don't understand why why you why you want to be Odin so bad. Omnipotent. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, that's a compelling reason, I guess. I mean, that's kind of mean, but, you know, whatever. Um, how do you feel about this interview in this in this podcast? I make elevating music, you make elevator music. Well, I mean, it's a podcast. I, I don't know if I would really say it's music, but do, do you really think that I can have this podcast playing in elevators? Because, I mean, that would be a big boom to to our listenership and everything and our reach. Do you really think that we could do that? Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that um, that boost of confidence from you. It's, it means a lot coming coming from you because I mean I've been a fan of yours since I was a, since I was a teenager. It's it's really nice. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So let's just go ahead and uh, get your final word on who do you think is going to win between King Kong and Godzilla? Be a king? Think not. Why be a king when you can be a god? <laughs> well, there you have it. Eminem's official. Um, stance on uh, uh, Godzilla and King Kong duking it out. Godzilla versus Kong. It is in theaters now and on HBO Max. Thank you so much to uh, Slim Shady for uh, for joining me on this interview. And uh, yeah, check out this review of Godzilla versus Kong. So yeah. I hope you get sued. Uh, <laughs> like, I hope you get Kirsten sued. Kirsten said the same thing. <laughs> and uh, You know, the... The power button is which within my reach right now. <laughs> I could just pull the plug right now. Uh, I will say that uh, just for legal sake, this does count as fair use. Uh, it's parody, and uh... <laughs> you. I think you made Ben regret meeting me back in like 1993. Like that's how far back I could see him sitting there <sighs> checking his watch, Look, guys. not to see how long this is going uh-huh. on, but to see how many years it's been since he first met me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told Kirsten when she said that she hopes that I get, get sued as well. <laughs> Don't be jealous of my new friendship with Eminem, guys. No, um, so, yeah. <laughs> you, how A very long, how famously it... easygoing guy who uh, yes. is not very uh, closely guarded of his image. Right, yes. Well... I think uh, there's actually really good. He did, he does a freestyle. Uh, I think it was like when he did a freestyle about Trump, and like he part of it is part of it is him saying like that's an awful awfully hot coffee pot. Mm-hmm. And there's a video of some guy that has like a video, like he's he's like making coffee or something, and then he goes like ow, and then like he it switches over to him standing there like in the same like getup that. Eminem has in that video and he starts to move and then it switches to the video and it's like that's an awfully hot coffee pot (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, anyway. <clears throat> How long did it take you to make that? Well, uh, okay, so behind the scenes, guys, <laughs> I took today off because I had some slight side effects from the vaccine, and I had that out, like all planned out. I was like, okay, well, this would be nice. I'll just kind of, I'll sleep in, I'll get up, I'll make breakfast, and I'll watch uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and then uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. And so while I'm watching Godzilla King of the Monsters, I start doing this, and then uh, the long and short of it is that um, I finished watching uh, Godzilla vs. Kong about 10 minutes before you guys got here. Um, so it took me a while. Oh, yeah, bored. Um, yes. So uh, I teased this on Twitter and said that uh, this is the new dumbest thing I've ever done in podcasting. Um, I have to agree. Yes. After the uh, Castle Rock, Party Rock fiasco. At least that was short. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Uh, now I'm going to do more of these. Um, oh, God. So anyway, <clears throat> Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Okay. That well, thank you time. for listening. And this was, a... please still be patrons, guys. <laughs> um, okay. So let's get into our non-spoiler review of Godzilla versus Kong, which is currently streaming on HBO Max and in theaters. It is streaming on HBO Max until April 30th. Um, and then it'll have its regular kind of uh, VOD release or whatever down the road. I, I don't know when the window is on that. But the plot summary, courtesy of IMDb, is the epic next chapter in the cinematic monsterverse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another, the fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong, with humanity caught in the balance. So before we get into the actual review of this, by the way, this uh, movie stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, representing podcasters all around um, <laughs> and uh, Sean Agori and uh, Elza Gonzalez among other uh, performers Godzilla uh, Godzilla Kong, Kong. <laughs> and uh, directed by Adam Wingard and uh, written by uh, I think Adam Wingard uh, no uh, Eric Pearson and Max Borenstein so before we get into our actual review of this movie um what is your what what is your guys's history with both Godzilla and King Kong in terms of movies and everything? Um, this movie comes after Godzilla in 2014, and then Godzilla King or and then Kong Skull Island in 2017, and then uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters in 2019. But of course, these two like titans of monsterdom uh, date back date back to the 30s for King Kong. Mm -hmm. um, so, what is your guys's history with these two icons of monster cinema? Um, I, uh, so I had seen the original King Kong. I have seen bits and pieces of, I don't even know which Godzilla movie, um, just like on TV, uh, one or two times over the years. Um, and then I just watched the recent ones that you had listed, uh, in a row, Starting, I think, last Friday, nice. Thursday or Friday. Was that your first time seeing him? Yes. Oh, interesting. I and I had no idea that they had tried to build like a like an MCU kind of universe, right? Uh, with these, so I will get into it uh, a little bit more. But I'm glad that I watched those uh, before watching this because. Uh, I it just would have been even more bonkers uh, yeah. if I had just gone into a cold turkey. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Tiny, how about you? Um, I I don't have knowledge or experience with any of the older properties. Um, I've never seen the nineteen thirty three King Kong. I've never seen the what was it like seventies one with Jeff Bridges? I think. I think so. Yeah. Never. I've never seen that one all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I saw the. Uh, Peter Jackson one. Oh yeah, and that one rules. Kind of liked that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I remember not liking it, but it was also I saw it in the theater, and I've never revisited it. So yeah, yeah. I've seen a few pieces of some of the classic Godzilla, like the Japanese ones, mm-hmm. but nothing concrete. No, no real memories of it, and never a full movie. Um, I did really like the. 1999 movie with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I think that was 98, but <laughs> was yeah. Was 98, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like that movie, and I think it's actually a pretty defensible movie. Like, I think it's, I know it gets shit on a lot, but it I does. think it's actually a really fun movie. I have such a clear memory of when that came out. I don't know if I saw it in the theaters, but I remember so much of, like, the marketing around it, and uh, there was the the P. Diddy song that was on the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember and, that. Um, it was a remake of a Rolling Stones song? Uh, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the 98 Godzilla. I saw it when I was a kid in 98. And I remember it was at the, not insistence, but the recommendation of uh, a friend of mine at the time that I'm no longer in contact with, not for any reason, just grew apart. Uh, hi, Steven. But um, <laughs> uh, he was a big fan of it because uh, he really liked uh, Hank Azaria's performance in it. Yeah. And I remember... Hmm. I think that that is like the first time like I registered in my brain like oh there's a there's a character that exists particularly to provide a uh comic relief in the picture <laughs> and like I like it, that's when like my brain kind of clicked in that type of uh I don't know movie dumb so yeah. I don't know so yeah so yeah there's those two the Peter Peter Jackson one and then the the 98 Godzilla and then mm-hmm. they kind of let the franchise rest for a while and mm-hmm. then I think they tried to bring it back with uh there was that Godzilla movie. It was like 2014 or 15, maybe. That had like Aaron Johnson in it. And... Oh, that was 20, yeah. 2014. Uh, Godzilla directed by Gareth Evans. And that's not part of this. Yes. It is, yeah. Is yeah. it? Okay, yep. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, that one was pretty forgettable, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But then Kong Skull Island was just pure felt like pure fodder like destruction <laughs> fodder wasn't wasn't really that it was it was fun like i had, I had mm-hmm. some fun with it but it was just uh, just so blatantly over the top it wasn't super memorable um but then i think the 2019 godzilla king of the monsters movie mm-hmm. i thought that actually had a lot of depth and was a pretty solid movie and like really mm-hmm. at least in my experience i haven't like i said the classic godzilla i don't have much ex- I had no experience with mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it really made Godzilla so much more of a character and 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 really created this whole world of the these titans and all that stuff. It just it mm-hmm. felt so much more well-rounded and I actually cared and that movie was really cool. I actually liked that movie a lot and so I think it was a good setup for this. So, that's kind of my experience with all these these latest movies. Interesting. Yeah. Um you know it's interesting cuz cuz my experience is I remember Tiny, you and I saw Godzilla 2014 in the theater together. Yeah, and then I didn't see Kong Skull Island until re- uh, until watching it for this for the purposes of this podcast. But for Godzilla King of the Monsters, I've talked about this. I went and saw it in the theater in 2019 on my birthday, like the night before my birthday, and just really awkward pack theater kid sitting next to me that kept getting in the kid getting <laughs> in his like father's lap or something, and his like kept touching me. But I don't know, it was awkward. But um. Anyway, anyway, I remember not really caring for 
Godzilla King of the Monsters. I just kind of felt like I just was not interested in really anything going on. And it had been um, obviously a few years since I'd seen Godzilla um, and I hadn't seen Kong Skull Island. So I didn't have like that kind of monsterverse kind of appeal to it. Um, but in the interim since then, I have purchased and have reviewed a, f- a handful of movies from the Godzilla Showa era collection uh, from Criterion that has, I think, like something like uh, 36 movies um, of Godzilla. And I, I will still stand here today and, uh, and tell you that Godzilla from 1954 is one of my favorite movies. It's not in my top 25, but it is in my top 50. Um, the... It's it's a it's a monster movie. It's a very effective monster movie, but it is just in that post-war Japan storyline that is about nuclear armament and nuclear testing and everything, which obviously um <laughs> Japan has, you know, experience with that. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just it's such it's a powerful, beautiful movie um throughout it. And uh I I do like that this new version or this new monster verse or whatever pays tribute to that movie in a few ways. Um but like like the the weapon that's used in Godzilla King of the Monsters is called the Oxygen Destroyer, which is used in Godzilla nineteen fifty four. And Ken Watanabe's character, uh uh Sherizawa Sherizawa, uh, Sherizawa, uh is the one of the character names in Godzilla 1954. Mm. So, so all that's to say that when watching the MonsterVerse movies, at least Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters, a couple of years ago, I didn't really care that much about them or anything. And I still have some qualms with them, but having revisited them and including Kong Skull Island in, in my watching with the kind of knowledge of the early Godzilla movies and I had also for that review series that I will eventually get back to, um, I had also watched God's, or King Kong from uh, 1933. Mm. And I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic movie as well. So having that context going into revisiting these movies and including Kong Skull Island, I was actually more interest, invested in them and more interested in them. I do think that Godzilla 2014 is the weakest of all of them. Um, mm. Just because, I mean, it is, it is stunningly beautiful. All of them are very beautiful. Like there was in the God, in the first Godzilla movie, there is the halo jump that they do. Um, that was in the trailer and it's, it is just jaw droppingly gorgeous. Yeah. But one of the, pitfalls of that movie is that it's just very dark <laughs> like very darkly lit and uh, most times it uses that to its to to good effect in terms of concealing the monsters for shock value and for um uh thrills and everything but for the most part it's also or for on the other side of that it's also very just kind of not incomprehensible but i don't know but anyway i liked kong skull island because specifically because it had an interesting contrast to godzilla because it was in the in like jungle terrain and daylight and everything and then godzilla king of the monsters i just rewatched today and i liked it um a lot better than i did the uh first one um so the first time i saw it so um all in all i'm 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 into the monster verse and everything and i was eager uh to jump into godzilla versus kong and okay we're an hour into this podcast so <laughs> what did you guys think of Godzilla versus Kong. And before you guys uh, answer, I do have this clip from Eminem. I'm kidding. Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> oh, no. uh, overall thoughts and non spoilers for Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I think it was a hell of a lot more fun than I was anticipating. Hmm. Um, 
and maybe one of the most bonkers movies I have seen in a long time, <laughs> uh, in a good way, uh, more or less. Um, I really wish that I could have seen this in a theater. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there it's showing in IMAX currently, and I am very tempted to go and see it there because uh, it is a really good looking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and even watching it on my crappy little iPad, um, it still looked great. Um, so I, I kind of am going to be a little contrarian with you guys because I think Ooh. the original, the, the 2014 Godzilla is, one of the better ones of the recent MonsterVerse movies. I, there were aspects of Kong Skull Island that I liked, but I like the, the violence in that particularly is, uh, notable. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just thought it was too kind of needle droppy, uh, Vietnam kind of, (laughs) uh, kind of stereotypical kind of in that way. And then King of the Monsters was just, I don't know. It was bonkers, but not in a good way, if that makes sense. I, I don't know yeah. if I can articulate articulate accurately what I didn't really care for in that. Because a lot of the things that they do in Godzilla versus Kong, they do in that movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like... Godzilla versus Kong, they almost like treat the human characters as afterthoughts for a lot of it, I think. I mean, yeah. the, the actors mostly do a good job. Um, I was really, uh, <laughs> enthralled with, uh, Brian Tyree Henry and mm. his, <laughs> if there was any takeaway from this movie, it was that he is like one of the most versatile actors in Hollywood. Um, cause I don't think I've seen really that side of him before. And I've seen yeah, a, a bunch of so his, the things that he's done. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the, the human characters are basically just here to, you know, just stare at Godzilla and Kong <laughs> and just, um, I, I do kind of like the, the connection that they made or tried to make with uh, Kong and the little girl. Mm -hmm. I liked that kind of relationship that they developed there. Um, But the rest of it was just kind of perfunctory almost. You just Mm -hmm. had kind of stock characters like Skarsgård was just this weird, almost nondescript, like weirdo scientist guy yeah which is just like completely bland exposition backstory that doesn't come into play or or do anything in the rest of it it's like oh this this character has pain in his past and (laughs) that's it right um yeah and i i will say like i do subscribe to the uh robert fecka's school of thought Mm -hmm. of like I don't need a big highfalutin premise when there's, right. you know, two giant monsters fighting each other. Um, but I I don't know what more I would have wanted, you know? I, yeah. I think that that's kind of, that's indicative of, of the kind of genre that they're playing in. But also it's, it's interesting because that's rewatching all of these movies or, or watching the, rewatching the two movies and watching Kong Skull Island in preparation for this. 
like that is my big con- my big criticism for Godzilla 2014 is that I just did not give two shits about the human characters. Um, yeah. The most compelling character is killed off 30 minutes into the movie, and then the rest of it is just destruction porn in and very in sh- uh, shielded in darkness, um, which is fine. It's good. It's it's effective um, visual effects and everything. Um, but it is, like you said, they're, the human characters are just by the wayside. And then Kong Skull Island is a little refreshing because they do develop the characters a little bit better. And then Godzilla King of the Monsters, they go a little too hard with the characters, <laughs> the human characters. Like, uh, Vera Farmiga's whole character arc is like, yeah. I, can't, I can't buy into it. I don't care about it or anything. Um, she was yeah. See, that was bad in that me. movie for yeah. to me. Like I, I did not like her for performance. I thought it was like actively bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. No, yeah. It was effective for me. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with and then with with Godzilla versus Kong, it's it, it they kind of straddle that line a little bit. But like you said, there's some characters like Alexander Scar. Uh, yeah, Alexander Skarsgård's character is just kind of nondescript and everything. They have some fun back and forth between him and Rebecca Hall and the kid, but it's more just for comic effect. And there's not much in terms of like character arcs for the human characters, Mm -hmm. but where it lacks in that, I feel like it really does develop in particular Kong, um, as, as a really well Mm -hmm. fleshed out character for me. Um, uh, and I do want to say that, uh, like early in the movie, I was like, if the humans have to keep bailing him out of these fights and everything, like I, he doesn't stand a chance, but we'll get into that in spoilers and everything. But yeah, I, um, man, I had a lot of fun with the movie and I, nice. I kind of was expecting to, um, mm-hmm. uh, contrary to what Ben has said. Um, I, I think this is like one of those movies where it's like, if you can't enjoy two giant creatures fighting each other, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do for you. Like if you can't if you can't find entertainment value in that, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to do for you. Like it's just it's just on on its face is a very entertaining notion, mm-hmm. and in in those moments, I like I I couldn't dig my my eyes away. Yeah, and yeah, top it, top notch in my opinion. In, yeah, the action was incredible. Absolutely, from scene to scene. Yeah. In in terms of in in terms of in terms of story, I thought it was it was lacking pretty severely. Um, even in the yeah. <laughs> even in the department of the actual fighting between uh, Kong and Godzilla, I am I am a fanboy of Godzilla, and I didn't really like the way that they treated him. <laughs> but mm. um, for all of that criticism and those those issues that I had with it, which are just minor in the grand scheme of things. Visually, it is a stunning, stunning movie. Yeah, like yeah. it is just gorgeous. From uh, there's a sequence on aircraft carriers that is just really yeah. fun. Yeah, like, yeah, incredibly fun and thrilling. <clears throat> not and then, not only just looks great, but is staged really great. Yes. Too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then later in the movie, there's uh, there's um, a big sequence in Hong Kong, and it's just, I mean, just the neon lights and everything, yeah, the lighting yeah. effects is just, it is, it is stunningly gorgeous. I think the, um, to continue, I think the the biggest downfall of the movie is that it was trying to do too much, um, mm-hmm. because it's trying to carry threads from three other movies yeah. and mm-hmm. characters from three other movies. And it just didn't, they, they, they couldn't, they couldn't address everything and still have yeah. the big showdown and like all this new these literal new worlds they're trying to introduce yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny because, like, you think about, like, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 
there's all these different monsters and mm. a bunch of different characters, but for whatever reason, that movie really, at least in my opinion, it really worked. And there was a lot, they, they managed to juggle a lot and make it, make really good characters. Um, but this movie, I, they, like Millie Bobby Brown's character was so realized in, in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I was mm-hmm. really, I really latched onto her and, and she, had very little to work with in this movie. Yeah. That whole um, subplot, as much as I love the podcast uh, aspect of it, yeah. Um, that whole subplot just was for me. I I did I I I wasn't as as high on Brian Tyree Henry's performance as Ben was, but I do think just overall, like the material of that subplot was so it 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 felt like it was third tier in terms of all of the juggling subplots, and that's right. in contrast to. Like, I mean, like the little girl in Alexander Skarsgård and um, Rebecca Hall's character just not being fully realized either. <laughs> and like, I mean, it's it just felt like when you have so many different human threads in the story that none of the human human beings are really that well developed in it. Yeah. It just it just kind of really drags it down. And this is a pretty lean movie. I mean, it's it's less than two hours long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised by that. And I mean, it is it is brisk. It does move pretty quickly. But. I mean, there were moments where I was just like, "All right, just get back to get back to the destruction. <laughs> did, let's get back." Did Kyle Chandler even have half a dozen scenes? Oh my, I don't think so. I yeah. don't think he did. Uh, no. I I think he he shows up in the beginning and that's it. Yeah, he's barely in the movie. Yeah. Um, although in, no, he's end. he's there at the end. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think <laughs> yeah. it, it it was the movie. The fun is just the best word to describe it. It's so much damn fun. But like, mm-hmm. uh, I found myself like doing like uh kind of a stereotypical thing where it's like all right so who's who's gonna win this battle like (laughs) godzilla versus kong and i'm Mm -hmm. I'm like i'm sitting here i'm like well i mean godzilla is the clear has the clear advantage right Mm -hmm. you know and i I, like they're getting ready to fight like for i think it was the either the the hong kong matchup or or something Mm -hmm. um like the first land fight where they, they fought each other. I was like, all right, so Kong, he's going to, it was like, it's was, it was like I was watching an actual boxing match. Like <laughs> right. he's going to have to keep it close quarters because Godzilla mm-hmm. has, he can, he can breathe fire. And <laughs> if it's close enough to him, he can't do that. So he's got to keep it close. He's got to use his ax thing. He's got to be mm-hmm. smart. And like, you know, and I was sitting there literally trying to dissect this fight. Like it was an actual, and, and you can do that. They gave it enough detail. Oh, absolutely. Where it actually, that stuff actually plays out. Like, Oh yeah. Like, there are shots of Kong just, just punching Godzilla. Right. And it's like, it is it is incredibly well visualized. Um they went for this almost yeah. like point of view thing or like yes. like a um like a stationary camera as one yeah, of the um, one of them kind of falls down. It's almost like Kong was wearing a GoPro. <laughs> yes. And yeah, it's, it's it's like what they what they do in those like retrofitted 3D movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh which I don't think this is showing in 3D. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it is. Um but that was just yeah. really immersive. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Uh the, so yeah, there's there's tons of things to like but mm-hmm. just all th- there's just way too many threads going on the yeah. the for a movie that's less than two hours it's right too crowded the scars guard thing doing his whole thing where he's trying to get mm-hmm. to the other place and the evil ceo doing his thing <laughs> yeah and the pot the whole podcast conspiracy thing mm-hmm. and just as so many so many balls and so many plates spinning mm-hmm. it just yeah. it, none of them spun for very long <laughs> yeah i i think if you were to try and like talk out the plot point like go from plot point right. to yeah. plot point to, in this movie like you would be sent to jail it <laughs> is it is insane yeah straight just to movie like jail. you you open and king kong is in a biodome for some reason yeah. <laughs> 
And it just gets even more bonkers from there. Right. Which I think that it would have benefited from, and this is, I mean, a longer runtime, it would have benefited from that as well to kind of flesh out some of the things. But I think it also would have benefited if they held off on this and did a second Kong movie to mm-hmm. at least introduce like the little girl thing and introduce right. the biodome thing. Um, Cause at the outset, we're kind of having to play catch up on what Kong's been up to since the Vietnam war. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't even really, uh, I guess I didn't even stop to think about like why he was in the biodome, but I didn't, I don't know if they even really explained it. And if if they do, it's just kind of like tossed off, but I only figured out why because of like a review that I had read or a a podcast I listened to or something. Mm -hmm. They spelled it out. I thought they spelled it out pretty clearly that he was in there because Kong can't track him when he's in there. Oh, oh or, I'm sorry, Godzilla can't hmm. can't find him when he's that, in there. That's true, but also that's another thing. Like it, it, it has to play catch up with like, oh, not, there's this ancient rivalry between Godzilla and King Kong. Like we've had three movies with these monsters, and this is coming up now, and it's it's kind of that is a part that they had to kind of play catch up on. Yeah, to to kind of go along with like what you were saying, Tiny, with like rooting for or against one of them i wish they would have made godzilla into more of a character you know because i feel like kong is kong gets so much more screen time in this Mm -hmm. yeah and so much more of a an arc you know right um but whereas Godzilla just pretty much shows up to fight. Yeah, and, and, and that's it's it. explained away with such a just bland, like, oh, there's some unseen force that's causing Godzilla to freak out and everything. Mm-hmm. Because we established in um, in Godzilla King of the Monsters that he's a savior for humans, but now he's not, and we don't understand why. And granted, it does give us those answers throughout the movie, and I do like where it goes with that, but also I I love Godzilla, and I don't want him to just be just a, just a kind of just baseless villain for for the big well fight and and right. i can to some extent i can understand why they decided to focus more on kong because mm-hmm. you know he monkeys are so much more like emotive than yeah giant lizards um and so to, to that extent i i i can understand why they focused more on him but i yeah i would have liked to see more uh more of Godzilla's side of things. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't disagree, but I feel like he he had two movies. Kong only had one. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and also I think Godzilla was again, I think he was really well realized in King of the Monsters. Um and he yeah. we had a good semblance of what his character was like in that movie. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it wasn't it's not the best explanation, but mm-hmm. I was okay with it, I guess. That's fair. Yeah. Um I I kind of uh, gravitate toward, uh, or I, I appreciate that. I didn't have a war. I didn't have any sentence to go with what I was going to say. <laughs> I just completely left my mind. But yeah, and and we do get that development for Godzilla, uh, I guess, uh, in the previous movie. So so that's that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, are we doing spoilers? Or are we avoiding spoilers? Right we now? are going to go into spoilers if you guys are ready for it. I'm ready. Okay. Um. <sighs> Where do you guys do you guys think there will be any more uh either Godzilla or Kong movies? Honestly, as beautiful as this movie was and as just abjectly fun as it was, I really hope so. And mm-hmm. I think that it I think financially it's doing very well uh in like pandemic 
monies. Yeah, um, <laughs> we should talk about that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's shattering pandemic records, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that is so satisfying to me because mm-hmm. the movie theater is not dead, and I'm vaccinated. <laughs> so yeah, watch Godzilla out, and King Kong have saved movies. Yes, I think. Yes. I think because of the financial success, we'll have more. Not mm-hmm. because, not for creative reasons, but creatively, yeah. I think the potential's there. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested. I'll I'll be there. I've watched all the all the recent ones because, mm-hmm. like I said, there is solid entertainment value in all yeah. these movies. And it's regardless of how you feel about the plot and the characters and all that stuff, it's it's giant creatures fighting each other. Yeah. Like that's gonna be fun. And as this might be somewhat controversial, I think, but I really hope that it continues the trend that it's been set up now in terms of a, a different director for each installment. So the first mm-hmm, one yeah. was Gareth Evans. He he like it, it has a very specific tone and everything and, and visual style. Then Kong Skull Island was Jordan Vote Roberts. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he is actually, I was so tickled by this because there is a Metal Gear Solid, uh, reference in Kong Skull Island and he is like, he's, he's making a Metal Gear Solid movie. No, no. And that's like one of my favorite video game series. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited for that. Um, and everything, but in, in anyway, um, Michael Daughtry from Trick or Treat did Godzilla King of the Monsters. And then now we have Adam Wingard, uh, doing um, Godzilla versus Kong. So I, I, I really like this idea, kind of a Mission Impossible style thing where mm-hmm. each mm-hmm. each installment has a different director that kind of has their unique vision and unique take on it. I, I think that that is a, kind of a home run in terms of it. Even if it's a mixed bag in terms of my enjoyment of the movies, yeah. I think that having different different uh, people at the head of them is a, is, is a really good kind of tactic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you guys be interested in seeing like a like a like a big name director like like Sam Mendes doing one of these <laughs> that would be interesting <laughs> just like based on what he's done with like the Bond movies mm-hmm. like that'd be kind of like just have to be like fuck it let's do it like I think that'd be kind of fun <laughs> Martin Scorsese he's destroy all monsters <laughs> <laughs> but like a, like a big name action like or like Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. something like that well we'll see <laughs> yeah I, I know you, you have uh, a, a hit or miss I I just really Godzilla going value... back in time yeah. <laughs> I do. I I just really value my hearing and uh, being able to determine everything. But um, yeah, I'll talk about. I'll, I'll. There's something I could equate to Christopher Nolan, but it'll be in spoilers. Um, yeah. So Ben, how about you? What, what um, do you think about the future of the MonsterVerse? I would be okay with seeing it. Um, I don't know if I would be. I obviously it's you know this is pure speculation, but I don't know if I would be there like opening night to mm. see it. Uh, but I, I'm sure I would check it out sooner or later. Nice. Um, I am curious, Matt, ha- have you seen the, uh, I wasn't aware that there was already a Godzilla versus Kong movie. Um, yes. Well, as I told Eminem, um, <laughs> there is a <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla it was in 1963. I have seen that. I do have a review on obsessiveviewer.com of it. Um, it, it was like last year that I watched it, so it's it's a little foggy in my mind. But um, for the most part, I, I I one thing that I really appreciated about it is it does have a slight camp factor mm-hmm. in that it actually has like uh, it it presents their fight uh, as kind of a uh, a spectator sport. Like they have like like commentator like commentators <laughs> like giving their like news wow. footage and everything. It's it's really it's really charming. I I really enjoyed it. 
Um, but yeah, nice. but it, and it is in that Godzilla Showa era collection uh, Blu-ray set from Criterion, which is fucking beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, it's Godzilla size. It is. Oh yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And so, do you, Ben, did you want to talk about the financials of this? And um, I, I don't know. I mean, okay. it's it's all just kind of speculation at this point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it made fifty million dollars for opening weekend, which mm-hmm. yeah is is a pandemic record. Yeah. Which you know isn't isn't uh, in the before times would be right. disappointing. But mm-hmm. uh, now it's you know it's far and away I think the best. Uh, opening uh, of of any movie that's come out in the past year. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I don't know if this is a signal that you know people are feeling safe to go back to the movies again, or or they're tired of not going to the movies and they're going to skirt uh, any uh, <laughs> uh, um, any recommendations not to go. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Um. But Plus, I just got the vaccine, so I'm super excited. I, I forget. Are are uh, theaters in LA open now, or is that April 15th? Or? I think some are open in LA. Okay. And I know Regal is opening theaters in a couple of weeks. I don't know if that's worldwide, mm-hmm. or I don't know if that's Mr. Worldwide, or I don't know. It's mm-hmm. dumb. Um, <laughs> that's a different rapper. Yeah, it is. Check out my interview. Um, <laughs> I do have it right here. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, do you guys have 17 minutes? Uh, um, so should we go into spoilers for Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah. All right. Yep. So I have the trailer here. This is actually the real trailer, I promise. So here is a clip from the trailer. If you want to avoid spoilers, we do have timestamps in the show notes. Um, so yeah, we're going to go into spoilers after this clip from the trailer. It's Godzilla. We start racing us up. These are dangerous times. Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing. The myths are real. There was a war and they're the last ones standing. So spoilers on for Godzilla versus Kong. And I just want to break, I like, I want to break us into the spoiler discussion by saying that I, as much as I disliked and actively just was bored by the evil executive kind of storyline and everything and the daughter Mm -hmm. storyline and everything as actively disinterested as I was in that, when they revealed Mechagodzilla and Mechagodzilla came into the picture, I was kind of all for that. I was really invested in that Um, because in the Showa era films, I have not gotten to any Mechagodzilla stuff yet. Okay. And so I was really interested in it, um, but I've got to say, um, just, I mean, from the outset, I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. You can plot out the battle between Godzilla yeah. and King Kong. Like, totally. They're going to, they're going to fight a couple of times. Uh, I'm putting my, putting my bets on Kong falling, and then there's going to be another monster that comes, and then Kong's going to save the day. Like, <laughs> it is very, very... Uh, uh, kind of cliched in that in that right. So yeah, yeah. So spoilers on for Godzilla uh, versus Kong. What did you guys think in uh, uh, of Mechagodzilla and everything that I've said? Well, to speak to that, I I was so confused with Mechagodzilla because they had this really cool thing going. At least I thought it was cool where they were using the I don't remember the name of the monster, but the three headed dragon thing. Yeah, I can't remember how to pronounce mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, um, that 
they were using its some part of its uh, biology to the guy was sitting in there using his mind to control Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. Well, that all goes to shit and something happens where something takes over Mechagodzilla <laughs> and it just goes ahead, goes ahead and fights Godzilla. I don't understand what the fuck happened. Don't, don't go any further or else yeah. you will go to jail. Okay. What I, <laughs> like what, <laughs> what I kind of thought, and I was, I was at this point, I was kind of passively watching it. So there's a satellite. Yeah. I, like, what, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> what I thought or what I inferred from it. And maybe I, I think that I did think that I kind of missed something, but I kind of extrapolated from that, that, Oh, did the, did something happen that caused like the neural link to the three headed monster in the hollow earth or whatever, to like just shoot up into Mechagodzilla and fry the dude and, and then take over. Take over. Mm-hmm. That's oh. the only rational, <laughs> the only <laughs> logical explanation I can have for for the turn of Mechagodzilla. That okay. was my reaction too. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's it's all uh, speculative, but mm-hmm. yeah, that that was what I kind of got from it. The uh, the thing that I kind of just cringed at and i'm so glad they didn't go all they i'm so glad they didn't go all jurassic park with this part but millie bobby brown's friend trying to break into the the security I thing God like damn it. and it's it was so dumb I, I just kept thinking like and i'm so glad that it got to a point where it was like well okay we just have to just you know short circuit the the board because like it was literally he was just guessing passwords right <laughs> like this is the laziest like tension mounting thing that you could possibly do speaking of unnecessary human characters he that character just should not have existed yeah he just totally he didn't contribute anything he was too quippy and it was yeah like he was too like that scene when they go down the like rubble and then he's like i don't understand women and then he slides down like we already have brian tyree henry as (laughs) kind of a a crazy comic uh, character in this we don't need like we don't need another another funny person to mm-hmm. weigh down this trio. Yeah, he um, had nothing to do, and it, which yeah. is a shame because that was the same actor from Deadpool two. Oh, I didn't. Was yeah, phenomenal in that movie. Right. He's really funny and hmm. clearly a gifted actor, but just had nothing to work with in this movie. It's funny because I well. Um, Oh, I can't remember what part of it it was, but there was a part where I just imagined like one of the humans. I think it was when the little girl like goes up to Kong <laughs> at one point. But I thought that it would be funny if she was like, "All right, big guy, uh, it's time to the sun's going down and everything from uh, from Avengers: yeah. Age of Ultron," and then parodied in uh, Deadpool two. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, so yeah. How'd you guys feel the rest of it? <laughs> I mean. Um, the, 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 to continue the Mechagodzilla thing, it was oh, cool. Yeah. I like the yeah. again the mechanics of Mechagodzilla mm-hmm. were fucking bananas and oh, just yeah. Yeah, visually you, amazing, conceptually mm-hmm. cool, so cool. And, and of course that the big final fight was really freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah you re- you really bought that he was uh, Godzilla's equal or that he mm-hmm. could he could put up a fight against Godzilla. Right. Yeah. Um. I I just kind of like uh, as early as King of the Monsters, like I was just waiting for like when they would introduce Mechagodzilla because mm. we I think everybody knew it would happen sooner or later yeah but uh I, I it was... honestly didn't even cross my mind in this movie <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah and I was delighted yeah I, I was really delighted yeah I I probably should have seen it coming earlier than than before it was revealed but yeah. uh yeah um there the the hollow earth thing yeah that's what I was gonna go to next <laughs> yeah so 
that's interesting. It, and I find it, I find it pretty interesting and compelling as a, as an idea and everything. Um, but it's one of those things that if you think way too hard about it, it's like, <laughs> I don't like this. I, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> You'll go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Like drilling a hole to the center <laughs> of the world. Right. And it being another world. Like it's. And um, then gravity is inverted. Once yeah. You, uh, yeah. Which I can just imagine Christopher Nolan just shitting his <laughs> pants when he saw that. I mean, it, it looked really cool. Yeah. Right, oh, for yeah. sure. It's it's just another reason why I wish I could have seen this in theaters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a bonkers theory and a bonkers idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I liked uh, I liked the scenes that were in there. I liked mm-hmm. like Kong. Uh, it was just a cool visual when he like goes and sits down on that throne or whatever with the, right. the giant axe. Yeah, yeah. Again, conceptually, it's kind of a cool idea, mm-hmm. but the execution was a little a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think I think it's just the problem that like that that needed like a whole movie. <laughs> that could have been the yeah. second Kong movie. Totally, uh-huh. it totally could yeah. have been the second Kong movie. Yeah, um, uh-huh. especially like you were saying earlier with like Alexander Skarsgård's character has this pain in his past yeah and, his brother dying mm-hmm. right like that, that could have been yeah. used really well and but. it's the only use it is is like oh no we've we figured out a way to circumvent that so you can go into <laughs> right. this little ship <laughs> right. and go down yeah. and he's like he's like beaming with pride as he's going they're like yeah my, this killed my brother let's go right yeah. like it's <laughs> the hell is it's just very sloppy yeah um, but again like like Silly. ben was saying the whole like there's like a throne there and all mm-hmm. that shit and the axe thing and there's all this science and history the, down the there. other monsters yeah. that were down there looked cool right yeah right yeah the uh there was a tweet that i saw and i can't i don't know who it was because i just saw it in passing but there was something that was like um a play on the Airbud uh quote but it was like there's nothing in the rule book that says that kong can't have an axe um <laughs> so <laughs> I, i've got a big kick out of that that's funny yeah but even then like that also in terms of big spectacle blockbuster filmmaking that felt I mean, that just, I mean, it's not fair to make this comparison, I think, but it just felt like, oh, this is the Thor plotline in, in, um, in Infinity War with the, uh, Oathbreaker or whatever, or, yeah. or Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. Yeah. And, and everything. It's like, this just, this is, this is just kind of the same. And the axe didn't really look that cool. Um, <laughs> really? I, I thought it was cool. I think it looked too small to me. Oh, yeah. okay. Hmm. Um, yeah. Compared to Stormbreaker, which is funny because there's literally nothing small about this whole movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, really. Um, yeah. One and speaking of that, except or, the characterization of the humans, am I right? Yeah, totally. Um, this is what the vaccine has done to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> jumping off that, one of the things that's like it's very common in these kinds of movies, but like I thought it was so over the top in this is like where the hell does all this funding come from? Yeah. Like, like there's a part where there it's after the the um their first fight where they're on the uh, aircraft carriers. Mm. And again, that was fucking cool as hell. So cool. And like really yeah. well done. But mm-hmm. like, there's a part where I think Alexander Skarsgård character, he's, he's like, he's like that first fight wiped out our whole armada or our whole fleet or whatever. Right. And I'm just like, where, where are the lines of this? Because it's like, <laughs> there's military people there and like, there's mm-hmm. clearly military vehicles, but, Kong is on a barge and it's like who does Rebecca Hall and Alexander Skarsgård actually work for? Right. How are they funding it? How is the military funding it? Can't the military <laughs> just bring in a whole new fleet of ships? It's like yeah. what the logistics of all this are fucking stupid. Like there is Again, a, it's movie jail like Ben's yeah. talking yeah. about. <laughs> there is a I mean there is a storage thing like a um a transportation method 
where you where you go like 700 miles an hour and end up in Hong Kong. It, yeah. And yeah. you're perfectly okay. <laughs> like from but, Florida to yes, Hong Kong. Like I like when they showed the readout of the the uh the speedometer or whatever. I was like they're dead. Like they're goo. <laughs> like what the fuck? Uh, oh my god. Um <laughs> Like there's no like they didn't strap down in it or anything. There's nothing keeping them in place. Mm-hmm. And then we get right. to Hong Kong and they're just like, like they're just bored. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but again, it's also monsters fighting a mechanical <laughs> yeah. monster. I mean, so yeah. half of the uh, uh, political party in in this country voted against sending Americans uh, $1,400 checks in the midst of a <laughs> pandemic. So I, right. I don't know how they would all agree to uh, right. fund these uh, monster fighting organizations. Yeah. Right. Or however it's the, that's done. It's the shadow economy. It's like, like <laughs> yeah. the, the deep state. Right. Yeah. Like you was talking about. It's all funded movie. through Bitcoin. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, some of that was just hokey and everything, but yeah, kind of the big, the one of the biggest action set pieces was in Hong Kong, and like I said in the non-spoiler section, it was stunning. Like just mm-hmm. visually, it was it was incredible. Um, even when they get to daytime and they're fighting Mechagodzilla, just that ver- the variety of the uh, the locations and the the lighting of like day and night and everything is really good. Um, but again, it just felt just very. Um, very uh, cookie cutter like like i said you can kind of track the storyline of this entire movie and everything and then you get the kind of uh, i don't know the false like not human sacrifice but the fault like like alexander skarsgård the the coward thing is really cute and the way it comes into play later later in the movie is like it's it's fun it's a fun uh bit of comedy but also it's like that's it for his character there's mm-hmm, nothing yeah. there's nothing to him so when he does that when he when he sets off the bomb to resuscitate kong <laughs> i'm just like okay that's fine cool i'm not feeling any tension from this right um yeah what i i i really liked the hong kong sequence and yeah i i agree it looked great i it it almost made me want to go to hong kong but <laughs> uh yeah not so much given the uh current situation right um it, like it, it just made me curious. Like, does it really look like that at night? Like, are they are all the buildings all too. neon and all that? But oh yeah, um, what I wish it would have had, uh, and this is kind of what I liked about the 2014 Godzilla is, mm-hmm. like, you don't really see any shots of the civilians in Hong Kong, right? Very right. Little. But yeah. they they say like uh, I think it's like a tossed off line that they say like it was evacuated. Before they got there, fortunately. I don't even remember that line. But yeah, I when I saw, like, I kind of clocked that myself. And Mm -hmm. I kept it, like, it reminded me of, like, I think Avengers Age of Ultron when they went out of their way to say, like, oh, this building (laughs) is is empty and it's under construction and everything, so Mm -hmm. we can destroy it. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't, like, I I like it as is. uh, But I think it would have been even better if you would have gotten some kind of a sense of, like, human danger. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, and we get that I, fake out at the end with when Kyle Chandler re-entered, like, uh, <laughs> arrived for a second day of shooting. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we get, like, the roar and everything, but it's just, like, the classic, like, oh, Godzilla's leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's going, he's, uh, going back to the lab again, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What? Eminem. So, uh, Matt, I was going to ask you, because a friend of the show, uh, Evan Dossie, Mm -hmm. one of his uh, hangups with this is that apparently they changed Godzilla's theme music. Oh um, yeah, and they. I he. I think he said they changed his roar. Did that register at all to you? It or? didn't register with me, and I have not read Evan's essay about it. But I'm very eager to because I, mm-hmm. I respect his writing and everything. And he is like, he is um very knowledgeable about Kong or mm-hmm. not Kong, but Godzilla. Well, a lot of things, but also Godzilla. <laughs> um, and so so yeah, I, that didn't register with me. I did feel like I did notice like hints of music from like the early movies, mm-hmm. um, but not like that iconic Godzilla score. So. Okay. So I guess I did kind of notice it. It didn't detract from it or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I I didn't notice it either. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't have enough knowledge of it to really. Right. I You you could have told me that it was uh, totally different or mm-hmm. totally the same, and I would believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the end scene where they, re, they reunite Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler on a second day shooting, and... <laughs> I just, I just, I was super charmed by this because, like, when Brian Tyree Henry was like, "Oh, it's it's an honor to meet you," and I just want to say, "Do you want to be a guest on my podcast?" <laughs> like, I just felt seen. I just felt, oh, totally you know, represented. It was great. I immediately thought of you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, that and then also another podcast related thing. Early in the movie, um, Millie Bobby Brown is listening to that podcast on her phone, and the shot of it reveals that the uh, you don't see it unless unless you unless you know this particular app, but um, Pocket Casts is what she's using, uh-huh. and uh, apparently Pocket Cast did not pay for that or anything. Like they just like they were just in, like it was just in the scene um, and everything. It wasn't like a sponsored thing, nice. but it's super charming because uh, I really really. Um, recommend pocket casts as a uh, as an app for listening to podcasts like the obsessive viewer or tower junkies or anthology <laughs> yeah good to know yep um okay any other thing else in spoilers i think i'm talked out okay ben no i don't think i had anything else all right great so i have not actually rated this on letterboxd yet but i would say i'd probably give it three and a half stars in a heart um because i do like it in in um visually it's amazing the Human characters are by the wayside, but I think in watching the rest of these movies um, in such a quick succession, this is the one. It's one of the stronger of the four of this monster verse. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so yeah, three three and a half stars with a heart, and um, yeah, I, I, I thought I was gonna. I thought I had something else, but yeah, uh, that's 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 my rating. How about you guys? I gave it three stars, I'm pretty sure, on Letterboxd. Six out of ten on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good continuation. I think I think we got what we paid for, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, through our HBO. Good right. <laughs> um, but no, it's I, I think, you know, that's what we were all here for the big fights and the, mm-hmm. the fun spectacle. And it delivered more than delivered on that. Right. I think, I yeah. think it exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. it was great. And, and in that regard, so mm-hmm. all the, all the shortcomings are forgivable in a movie like this. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely strong in that, uh, in that uh, Adam Wingard. So Ben, how about your rating? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I also gave it three stars. Um, I feel like if I would have seen this in theaters or even in IMAX, it'd probably be five stars because mm, nice. I, I can only imagine just how incredible it looks. Nice. Um, I yeah. 
did uh, you and I talked very briefly about potentially seeing it at the drive-in? Oh yeah. Um, and I looked this up today. Uh, it is still playing at Tibbs, and uh, the second screening is the uh, original King Kong from '33. Oh, interesting. So, Okay. My friend told me that uh, last weekend, the second one was the 54 Godzilla. Oh, so, damn. Wow. That would yeah. have been cool. Both yeah. of those, though, by the way, are in on uh, HBO Max. Yep. So, oh, yep. That's cool. uh, along know. with a couple yeah. other uh, Godzilla movies. Oh, yeah. Sweet. I think a good amount of the Godzilla movies from the aforementioned Criterion Collection um, is on there through the TMC kind of channel. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah. And just those, those are such fun movies and, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that would be really cool to have seen, uh, 1954's Godzilla. Although, uh, not to brag, but the first time I saw it was in a film class that I <laughs> failed. Um, so... <laughs> that i failed yes so all right well that's our review of godzilla versus kong and uh do you guys want to do a quick potpourri anything Uh, i have one thing okay okay we're actually gonna do potpourri section oh cool okay so that's our review of godzilla versus kong and we're gonna go ahead and round out the episode with a potpourri section which um if this is your first time listening potpourri is a section of the podcast where we kind of just wind down and talk about something we've watched or something we're looking forward to anything we want as long as it smells good and we're going to go ahead and go into potpourri. But first, I forgot to mention this at the top of the episode, but I was a guest on my friend Victor Gamboa's The Outer Limits podcast, which I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, he's he, uh, That was such a fun conversation. I uh, talked about one of the early episodes of The Outer Limits with him, and it was just such a blast. And uh, he's been he's been a big supporter of all of our podcasting for, for years. And um, like I, I would say he was one of the first people I think to reach out when I did anthology, when I started out and like that feedback that I got and that like context that I got from him, uh, or that contact from him was like, I mean, I, I may not have continued going if I didn't have like that. Hmm. So, um, it going with anthology, not going on with a living, I probably would still be alive, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> probably. But yeah, yeah, but check that out. The Outer Limits podcast, I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, really fun, uh, conversation with Victor. So, uh, potpourri section. Um, ben, do you want to get us kicked off and we'll go clockwise? Uh, yeah, sure. I okay. can talk. Um, <laughs> so, I recently uh, had a chance. Uh, I had a chance to watch uh, The Father, the oh, yeah. uh, Best Picture nominee, mm-hmm. uh, amongst other things, starring an actor with the same name as Tiny. Yeah, <laughs> the same first name, Anthony. Uh, yes. Uh, I was I was gonna make some kind of lame, uh, an equally great person <laughs> with the same name. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I don't. Know. Um, but yeah, uh, the father, um, starring Anthony Hopkins uh, and Olivia Coleman, uh, directed by Florian Zeller, um, and I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Interesting. Um, I liked it quite a lot. Um, it's, uh, if you're unfamiliar, I, I guess I can pull up the plot synopsis. Well, I know it's it's based on a stage play from what yes. I understand. And like mm-hmm. I think we said in the previous episode, I think that's the only thing that I know about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a man refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. As he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. Jeez. 
So, um, yeah, uh, really going into it, all, all that I knew about it was, yeah, that it was a stage play, that Anthony Hopkins was supposedly great, mm-hmm. and same with Olivia Coleman. And I was really impressed uh, because I think if I didn't know that it was a stage play, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been able to tell. Oh, interesting. Um, because, yes, it is very contained like it mostly takes place in one location Mm -hmm. but the way that uh the director uses that location he really messes with like you're never really sure when the story is taking place like chronologically speaking um and so he uses that to really uh explore anthony hopkins uh struggle with dementia and his grasp on reality and what exactly is happening and not happening. Um, so I was really impressed with it. And then, um, the production design, uh, it's, it's very simple, uh, because like I said, it's, it's all in one apartment, but like, uh, like I said, it it messes with time and when it all takes place. So some parts of it are redecorated in some segments and some parts are not like you, you think that it's taking place at one time, but the decorations are all the same. And then in a different time, the decorations are still the same and then they change suddenly, uh, if that makes any sense. So it's, it's a really, uh, just, a really nice detail of how he was able to tell a story. And, uh, yeah, Anthony Hopkins is as good as advertised. Um, I don't know if, uh, he would be my pick to win best actor. I, I still think it'll be Chadwick Boseman. Um, and I still think I liked his performance better and I still kind of like Riz Ahmed's performance better. Mm. But yeah, Anthony Hopkins is just incredible. If you're a fan of his, nice. then uh, yeah, it's absolutely a must see. Um, nice. Yeah, it's also nominated for uh, Olivia Coleman for uh, mm-hmm. supporting role, uh, adapted screenplay, film editing, uh, production design, and best picture. Um, we went through uh, our thoughts on the nominees mm-hmm. in an earlier episode. Have those um, have have those um, categories changed for you in in favor of the father? Um, I think the only one that I think it might change my opinion of like whether I think it'll win mm-hmm. would be screenplay okay. because uh like I said it's it's a really uh unique way to adapt a stage play because mm-hmm. I I can't really I guess I kind of can see how it would play out on the stage but I I just feel like if the movie is any indication of how it is on the stage. It would have been a really confusing stage play, if I that see. makes sense. Mm, yeah. Um. Just, just like I said, just the way that it messes with time and, uh, and reality. Really. Um. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, uh, an ugly Broadway, uh, <laughs> someone that's unfamiliar with Broadway, but sure. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, that's the father, and yeah, any thoughts on that, Tony? No, I, I'm interested in it. It sounds really good. It's nice. it's available to rent on VOD now. It is Sweet. twenty dollars, which mm, yeah. I will 
yeah cinema uh, at home kind of thing <laughs> yeah but i will say i i do not regret paying that much for it i think it was money well spent nice. um, okay. yeah nice uh tiny potpourri yeah, uh, so this this came out a while ago, but did you guys see uh, the little things on HBO? Go? I I missed it, but Ben. Yes, saw it. I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was very proud of a tweet that I had, um, or like a Facebook post or something. It was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to watching uh, that new Jared Leto movie on HBO Max. Um, then another person would say the little things, and then the first person would say, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> um, God damn it. Oh boy. Oh yeah. boy. Just um, the play the second M&M person. Again. <laughs> sure. The second person would say it's the little things. Anyway, anyway, tiny. So, what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was okay. I um, I, I think it's just worth talking about because I'm curious, Ben, since you've seen it. Like, I I'm I'm almost like undecided on Jared Leto's performance. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like he's so he's so fucking weird as a person, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the character he was playing was super weird and crazy, and so it's like. It was I'm leaning towards he did a really good job and I actually really appreciated his performance, but mm-hmm. I feel like it, it'd be very easy to pick apart too because he's just mirroring mirroring parts of himself because he's so fucking weird and he can just <laughs> he does that weird method thing. I, I I don't I don't know like I I I couldn't take my eyes off of him mm-hmm. and, and I I I was really intrigued by every line he said so i i think that's what jumps out about the movie like it's sort of standard there's this kind of twisty thing in it that's yeah interesting and fun and everything and uh, denzel washington does a good job as does um rami malek uh, they, they were both fine but it was a bit of a cookie cutter movie in my opinion but i think jared leto stands out and and i'm, I'm just curious if there's controversy there just on, on whether or not he's good i really i i don't know <laughs> I'm yeah, what you thought about it. I uh, I think I'm kind of in line with your thoughts because I uh, I still don't really know how I feel about him as an actor. Yeah, um, and I think my kind of thought is like, if you hate Jared Leto going into this, you're going to hate the movie. If you like mm-hmm. Jared Leto going into this, you're going to like it. Yeah, and yeah, I I don't think I was. Uh, as annoyed as I probably should have been by him. Um, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, he is, he is a weird dude and it is a weird character. So it fits. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. It is a very cookie cutter story. Um, and the the ending is where it lost me. Um, yeah, but yeah, it feels like a story that you would read in a book that you bought at the airport. Well, I <laughs> I didn't know this until after I had seen it. Did you know that it was like it was supposed to have been made like twenty five years ago? Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. And I I forget exactly what it is that finally like willed it into being, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, it it was I think the script was written like 20 25 years ago. Which I think is why it's set at least partially why it's set in what the early 90s or whatever. Right. right. So So yeah, I I I it's not that I didn't like the movie or that it was it's, a bad movie, it's just 
It's a movie that stars three recent Oscar winners. Mm -hmm. And you would expect a movie that stars three Oscar winners to be better than it is. That's but, a really good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I, I, I like Jared Leto. I mean, I think he's I, he's a douchebag in real life, um, <laughs> but he's he's. I can't take. I I cannot take my eyes off him. Even when he was atrocious as the Joker, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I just I couldn't take my eyes off him. And and I think there's something to that. I think that's a credit to him. He's very enigmatic, and he's he's just a. He's just that kind of actor. I can't. I can't take my eyes off him. And to me, that means he's good. <laughs> and I, I think I, I. He's just a very dynamic guy, and mm -hmm. uh, he's talented in my book. Uh, but I, I understand why people are so put off by him. I, for one, love when actors send used condoms to their castmates. <laughs> right. So that's something. Um, but I, I, I will say that his scene in uh, the Snyder Cut is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that yet? I have, yeah, I watched okay. it. Oh, wow. Weekend. We yeah. can have a longer conversation off mic about right. that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Did you guys I, listen to the review of it? I haven't gotten, because I wanted to finish it yet, so I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, cool. Oh, you haven't finished Snyder? I wanted to watch the Snyder. Oh, movie. gotcha. Gotcha. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I really need to rewatch Dallas Buyers Club because yeah. I, oh, yeah. at the time, I liked McConaughey and I liked Jared Leto and I was happy when both of them won Oscars, but I know like almost everyone since then has like denounced that movie. Oh, really? Um, yeah. But I, I need to rewatch it and see how I feel about him and how I feel about the movie. Yeah. I don't remember much of it. I just remember feeling a little Oscar baity. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, also, that, that's fair. Anytime I think of it, I think of like in my head. I don't think I've ever actually said this out loud, but I think of this like Matthew McConaughey impression that I do in my head, <laughs> where he's just saying the title. So he just says like, "It's the Dallas Buyers Club." <laughs> um, so let's that's see what Eminem thinks of it. So yeah, so should I round us out with my potpourri? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I have been watching the NBC sitcom Super. Store, uh, which is available on Hulu. It just finished um, a six-season run uh, this year, like within the past couple of months. And so I kind of picked it on a whim um, since The Office has vacated Netflix and I don't really feel like paying for a subscription to <laughs> Peacock. Um, I was like, I, I kind of need another sitcom and Modern Family wasn't really doing it for me um, when I watched it on Hulu. But Superstore is really kind of working for me. It is a workplace comedy set in a big box store like Target, um, but in the show it's called Cloud Nine. Um, it's got a good cast of characters or good cast of actors, uh, America Fer Ferreira um, and this guy Ben Feldman. Um, are kind of the two leads of it, and uh, it's got it's got your kind of you know, archetypical workplace comedy kind of screwball characters and everything. Um, also, shout out to John, uh, um, not John Barenthal, but um, <laughs> John Barenholtz, the brother of Ike Barenholtz. He's in it as this kind of creepy kind of uh, warehouse worker and everything. He He's, I don't know, there's something about his performance that it, it's just kind of, I, I don't know, it, it kind of, he has this like facial tick where he kind of like, at the end of each line, he'll like grin and kind of give like a side eye to a character. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's just, it's a weird affectation, but he's, he's good in the show and his character is fun. Um, but I've seen, uh, I'm midway through the third season now. So it's, it's a breeze to get through. 
It is um, developed and created by Justin Spitzer, who was a writer for The Office. And that's one of like it's it's well done. But I do feel like at numerous times it is kind of following that the office kind of structure a little too closely. Um, like they have like entire plots and episodes that are <laughs> like plots from the office that is just kind of grafted onto a superstore kind of setting, um, which isn't too bad, but it's, it's also kind of, it's kind of a drag. And also, I mean, in terms of workplace comedy, the office is one of the like Titans of it. So it's kind of hard to kind of create new, new, um, new plot threads to that genre. But I will say that I won't give anything away, but the season two finale does something really interesting and makes is kind of uh kind of surprising for that type of show. Um, the kind of way that the plot plays out in the season finale of season two is really interesting. So I'm enjoying Superstore. Oh, also, um, uh, Colton Dunn, I think is his name. Um, he's my favorite actor in the show. um, he is, it's interesting because he's, he's been in some things like he was in, uh, he was the limo driver in, um, what was it? Oh, um, um, oh God, uh, blockers. He was the limo driver in blockers, I think. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but he's, uh, Col- his name is Colton Dunn. His character in the show is in a wheelchair, but he's not in a wheelchair in real life. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's a good show. It's Superstore. All, I think all of it is available on Hulu right now. So, uh, check that out. Have either of you guys watched Superstore? No. No, uh, my wife has. She okay. just watched the series finale the other yeah. day, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, one of the other kind of cool things about the show is that it kind of leans into kind of, you know, big topics and everything that are currently like going on. Like the sixth season, I like, I haven't seen any of it, obviously, because I'm still in season three, but like, it's like during the pandemic <laughs> to like, yeah, like the promo images is them wearing masks and everything. And I guess that's a big plot point and everything. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So check it out. How many episodes per season? Um, the first season has, I think 13. And then I think the rest are like 22, 24 episode seasons. Oh, okay. So, so there's a, there's a lot. And like I said, it's a breeze. I'm already over halfway through season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, all right. I think that'll do it for this episode of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast, episode 340. I don't know what we're doing next time, but I have put the call out to Fekus and to the, the fellas here. Um, I don't know. I don't use that word a lot. Um, here, but, um, uh, to that we might be reviewing, uh, Q inside the storm or into the storm, whatever, uh, the QAnon docuseries on HBO Max. So we might be v- reviewing that next week. I don't know, but we do have an upcoming Ebert's Great Movies list episode that we need to figure out. Yep. Um, that would probably be in two weeks. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that, that's it for this episode. Um, any parting thoughts, guys? Team Godzilla. Nice. Team Kong. What the Okay. <laughs> who, who would be who in this scenario? Like, who would be Godzilla? Who would be Kong? Who would be oh. Mecha Godzilla? Uh, uh, Dibs on Godzilla? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would want to be Godzilla. Yeah. He okay. It's yeah. fire. Yeah. I yeah. mean, come on. <laughs> End of competition in my book. Right. And he can yeah. swim. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. 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 
All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the <laughs> podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for supporting us. Also, check out uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, where I am posting a lot of uh, content over there between weekly recaps of Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the $2 level and full-length movie commentary tracks at the $5 levels. Uh, there's a lot of content there. Uh, so check that out. Patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Thank you, Tiny and Ben, for joining me on this episode. And uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, listeners. We'll see you next time. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. I don't know what the process for something like that is, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, man, St. Chris, wow. they're coming after you. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, the Speedway Baptist Church better watch out. I know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. St. Andrews better watch out. Yeah. Yep. I can um, name all the Speedway churches if you like, but you're, you know, the viewers or listeners right. probably don't give two shits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then that's not exclusive to the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how you doing? How how um how how are you doing as the first obsessive viewer co-host to be vaccinated? The obsessive viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to obsessiveviewer.com/ovarchive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com/theobsessiveviewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessiveviewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at i am mike white that's me at ra feckus and at burger underscore lurker if you enjoy the show please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on apple podcasts this is the easiest way to support what we do and all it costs is a little bit of your time if you'd like to donate to the podcast you can make a paypal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at towerjunkiespod.com and at towerjunkiespod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make, 
Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Kitty!